really feel like I need a nap. And a Kleenex. And I'm sad because I left my beverage like four feet away now. That is really Here, sad. stall for a second. Uh, stall! Oh, God. Uh, movies about things where people Stalling. die or something. Stalling. Uh, I'm back. Did you cover it good? I think I did. Oh, good. Is there any witty retorts? Um, not really retorts. More just torts. Panic. Panicked induced. Like legal procedures. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's a combination of like just my day. Yeah. But this was a bad double bill. Not that the movies were bad necessarily, mm-hmm. but I should not have tried to watch these back to back. Why do you say that? I'm tired and like, like the cat and mouse thing that was yeah. going on for the longest time. It, it was a little exhausting. Like, they f- movies felt like they were like. I feel like we've been doing this for like six hours right now. Yeah, I mean we're not in the best shape, so it, those kind of movies can take a lot out of us. Yeah, and the the little mobile chair thing that goes up and down the stairs to my basement's broken. Yeah. So you had to like use rough. your feet. And that's been legs. rough. Yeah. It's awful. Tried to hook the dogs up like a sleigh. Mm-hmm. Pull me up. It didn't work. Going down's easy. It's getting up. That's the, that's the hard part. That's true. So we watched Wolf Creek and Wolf Creek Two. We did. Uh, Wolf Creek. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? Uh, you, I'm. Why am I never ready for this? I. It's the same <laughs> format every time. Yeah. I Is get it because that. I didn't raise my arms this time at you? Maybe. He, hold on. Hold on. Tell me what you thought. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Uh, it had some charm, maybe. Did it have know. some charm, or did John Jarrett have some charm? I mean, certainly, he he really brought life to that character, to the Mick Taylor character. Um, but yeah, this was. It was a it was a slow movie. It, so I think like especially the first half hour, the whole point is to try to get you to feel connected to these characters. And I I feel like it accomplished that. Um, I like I have them here in my notes that uh, these people don't seem like douchebags, which yes. was contrary to a lot of the horror movies that I've seen. Not only that, but Ben looks like a total douchebag. He could totally have been a douchebag. He, I was expecting him to be a douchebag, absolutely. and that's why I put it in my notes that they weren't, because I was surprised. His terrible tattoos and things like that, but mm-hmm. they show him like kind of being excited that he got to kiss the girl, and he's not being overtly sexual to him, and right. he makes fun of himself. So yeah, he's he's a real person. Yeah, they they kind of crush on each other, and it's like real. It's Yes. It's not just... Oh, they're banging, so they got to get killed. Um, but I still feel like I really respect the movie, and overall, I would say it's good, and I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Not in the format that we watched it. Yeah, but it definitely takes its time, and I think that's its goal. I think it could have done it in about five minutes less with us getting to know them, and like just the scenes of watching the sunrise longer, and and driving in the car and looking out the window. I think if they could have pulled out a few minutes out of that, it would have kept my interest peaked a little bit more. See, to me, it was the exact opposite. Like, that was the part that I was engaged in and was enjoying. 
And then the part where it was the whole cat and mouse thing, uh, that's where it started to lose my interest. The cat and the mouse thing, I have a very hard time. I just did the lip smack thing that I don't like that I do. Way to point it out. No, I'm sorry. Nobody noticed. Uh, So the cat and mouse thing, I have a really hard time trying to pin down what I think makes a good version of that and what makes a bad version of that Mm -hmm. or, or what have you. There's a film that I really liked that came out a couple of years ago called Christy that I think the whole movie is this cat and mouse thing. And okay. I want to watch it with you. So, And I want to try to pair it with something that I don't think is a good version of that to see if we can try to analyze what what makes a good versus bad one. Because it's possible, but I don't know how to quantify it. I right. really don't. I don't I'm think not, this one was particularly bad. I don't think it's particularly bad either. I just feel like... I definitely at times was having to to readjust myself because I was definitely not feeling it. Right. Um, I think maybe the problem is the motivations and the character logic is that um, I feel like sometimes they did, or most of the time they did a really good job of character logic. It's just when that faltered that's what made it seem longer like um when lizzie goes back and she goes down into like the well or whatever and there's all the dead bodies there right to me like i asked you what you know why the hell would she go down there and you said you think she's looking for ben yes but never once does she say ben like never once does she call her his name never once does she say she's going to look for him or anything okay previous to this it's just been the two of them need to get out of there yes and i think that's awesome because it's he's somebody that they met on this trip right if she has to choose number one she's going to save herself Mm -hmm. this is true for all three characters right because she's at the beginning she's she's almost out of there yes and then she hears her friend scream Correct. And she has to make the decision to go back. Yeah, you see her try to debate even whether she's going to save her friend, which was mm-hmm. great because most don't even show that. They're like, right. I can't leave without my acquaintance. I have yeah. to go back. And this one, she genuinely had that struggle a few times. Yeah. And then at, at the end, Ben didn't even consider looking for those girls. No, he just got himself out. Which I think is real. Yeah. Like, you can't fault the guy necessarily when he just went through that for trying to do it. But yeah. I think that it's when Liz showed up she was already there that's why she went looking for ben and in a real situation like that you probably wouldn't be yelling you wouldn't be talking to yourself saying i'm going to go look for ben now but she gets out she gets out of the well or whatever and then goes into the garage and and immediately starts shouting for ben it's the first it's the first time she does it yep she's looked in like three different areas um seemingly for cars Mm -hmm. and then goes down the well which is weird and then gets into the place with all the cars and then yells Ben. Yes. And then she hangs out and she looks at a bunch of stuff and then she watches home movies. Yeah, that Didn't, was a little contrived. That's that's where it broke down for me. Like why why would she do that? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like it makes for good film. Oh, here's this family and he played the same tricks on them. Mhm. And, oh, great, there are kids, and isn't that awful? Yeah. Um, 
and then watching his footage and oh the truck was there at emu creek the whole time and those things makes for good film but doesn't make for a good character decision at all and then she finally gets around to getting into the car luckily the first car she gets into she has the keys for yeah this and is then probably unluckily for her a good point to point something out that annoyed me during mm-hmm. both of these films there's a whole lot of the car won't start tropes yeah in both films definitely and i mean there's even one where the car is simultaneously out of gas and overheating uh would that happen at the same time i'm i th- the way that it was cut i thought it was the semi was overheating and the jeep was out of gas okay i took it to but, but even then why would it matter that the truck is overheating like why because he's shot in there because he's struggling to keep up with to the keep truck. up at the same time that he's struggling to go and then that's i think why he couldn't make it up the hill very well i could be wrong okay but that's um, what i took it to mean i took it as it was the same vehicle because they were back to back right and like the gauges look the same yeah but that's the second movie when yeah, We're not there sorry. Yet. I just it, it kind of is wrapped up in the fact that I feel like there's a lot of those tropes, right. and that's we were talking about the vehicles. And speaking um, speaking of the vehicles, like they they steal the truck. It goes. They take it over because it it stops. It won't start, so they push it over the cliff. Mm-hmm. Hide. I feel like he shined the light right on them, and they should have been seen. Yeah, there's also a little bit of that between the two movies. But then she kept the car keys because it had several other keys on them. She told Christy that. Yes. Then the car, they have a car right there that he had driven there. And she's like, let's go back to the compound. I have all these keys. It's got to match a car. But they don't check the keys no. against that car I feel at like all. that's another example where they could have showed instead of telling. Right. Like, she could have been like, what are you doing? She's like, one of these keys have to start this, or right. there's a whole bunch of car keys here. And then when you see her go back, you're you going to automatically yeah. do it. She doesn't have to lay out exactly what it is. She doesn't have to say it, yes. Um, yeah, that was a little rough. Backtracking a second, you referenced Emu. Emu? Emu Creek. Emu. There's no Y sound. There's no Emu. I mean, some people pronounce it emu. I believe the correct pronunciation is emu. Okay, so... Like Uranus, not Uranus. Years ago, Mm -hmm. um, around my parents' house, we used to have... There were emus? Yes, tons of them. You serious? I swear. Um, So so this is rural. In Indiana? Yeah, tons of them that were raised on a farm. Hmm. So this farm around there, they raised... Uh, ostriches and emus, uh, reindeer, uh, and a whole bunch of things like that, right? So llamas, not crazy exotic animals, but mildly exotic animals, right? Rare farm animals. Correct. So the best that we can figure is that they at one point raised peacocks, Mm -hmm. and they either didn't want them anymore and let them loose, or they escaped and they started flourishing, in Northeast Indiana. <laughs> okay. So we would be, you just imagine like wild turkeys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's essentially, they're the size of wild turkey and things, but they aren't afraid of cars at all. So you would be driving down the road, like to go to my parents' house. Right. Where I lived. 
and they would see the car coming, so they would fluff up like trying to scare the car away. Mm-hmm. And so I started dating what was my now wife, and the very first time she was coming over to my parents, I was like, look, you need to be careful. You need to go slow down this road because there are peacocks. <laughs> and I just told, I told her exactly what I just told you, and that sounds like something I would totally make up because mm-hmm. that sounds completely asinine, right? Yeah. So you're a very asinine individual. So she shows up crying because there are peacock feathers in the curl of her car. (laughs) There is blood all over her car because she was flying down that road and she hit a peacock. (laughs) I swear to God that that's the first time my then girlfriend, I don't even know if we were were dating or whatever. My now wife came to my, the, the place that I lived. That's she fantastic. hit a peacock that I warned her about. <laughs> she didn't listen to me then. To be fair, she had, I mean, she has no reason to now, but no one would believe that. I told her that that is. That's fine. I, I don't care what you told her. I, that was the truth. No one, no one should believe that. <laughs> That's the truth. Oh, anyway. the boy who cried peacock. I. But I never tried peacock any other time. Never gave any false peacock accusations. Um, it, it, right at the very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. they all jumped in the pool and were having a gay old time. Yeah, I'm not a particularly uh, techie guy at all. Like okay. I have a smartphone, but I I don't care about what it is or anything. Mm-hmm. But I still have reoccurring nightmares that I'm in the water or swimming with my phone in my pocket. Yeah. Like I realize it. Is that a we- is that weird? No, I mean cell phones have ruined pushing people into the pool. Because before it was fun, and then it like it'd be a way to get people into the pool. I thought that when they when the, he pulled a girl in, I was like, ooh, hope she doesn't yeah. have her cell phone in her pocket. Yeah, I mean it's Australia in whatever year this was. It's I don't think they had iPhones. You know, this isn't a third world country, right? No, but <laughs> iPhones. What well, does it have to be an iPhone? Even if it was a flip phone, that's still a few hundred dollars then, man. Yeah. Uh. But, but d- 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 <laughs> I mean, so cell phones have ruined that. And uh, to some extent, uh, this is something that I wanted to, to kind of bring up for a couple episodes now. So this might we might as well talk about it now. Oh, cell like phones and horror movies. Yes. I feel like... Every, so many horror movies, like, you know, the House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, set in the 70s. Right. So, they didn't even need to talk about it. So, I feel like a lot of horror movies going forward will, you have to address it. Absolutely. Because so much of horror is that isolation. And when you have a gateway to the internet and every human being on the planet in your phone, in your pocket, the isolation goes away. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about cell phones and horror movies? I like, think, do you think it's modern movies have been doing a good job about it? It depends on the film. I mean, they're probably, it just depends on how they deal with it. I mean, so a film like frozen. Okay. Okay. People stuck on a chairlift. Yeah. They just leave them in the lockers when they go skiing. Yeah. 
so they didn't have to worry about having that scene where they're holding it above their head, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The remake of I Spit on Your Grave, the girl drops it in the toilet when she's, she gets sick, right? And she drops it in the toilet. Mm -hmm. That's a totally believable thing. Yeah. Um, Setting them in period pieces. It really just depends on the film because every single one of them um, is going to have its own reason. Yeah. to do it but it's it's absolutely a problem that every filmmaker i think has to address when you're talking about these now yeah a few years ago i watched a supercut and it was like 20 minutes long of just teenagers in the woods holding cell phones above their heads smacking them trying to get service like and it, it seems like for the longest time it was not something that thrillers and, and horror movies really Got right. I think writers were writing the same movies, and then we're like, oh, wait, cell phones ruin all of this. Yeah, and I think you'd have to deal with it on a one-on-one basis, because, I mean, when that that's a trope now, but the first yeah. few times it did it, it was, oh, man, I can't believe that they're out of service. Yeah. So I think you completely have to deal with it on a one-on-one basis. Yeah. So why don't we watch for that from now on? Yeah, I That'll mean, I've be- been watching for it. Like, these... N- the in these two movies you only see one cell phone ever and that is the german hitchhiker girl mm-hmm. like tosses a blackberry in the air but they also the they also explain that by saying that the meteor caused magnetic problems so that things don't work properly i don't know i'm not saying that's scientifically yeah. accurate i'm saying that's the explanation well i mean the only time it comes up movie. is he's like call the police and then yeah, he gets killed before she can, and mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's she freaks really, out because this movie doesn't have to be set. They could have just said that this isn't, you know, if they would have made sure they had some older model cars or what have you. This didn't have to be yeah. any kind of a period. Or this didn't have to be now when cell phones even were a thing. Yeah. Um, I did like that she didn't know how guns work when she gets yes. her hand on the guns. I yes. loved that because if I was in that exact situation, I would be doing the same thing that she would. Like, I wouldn't know which direction to put the bullets in. I wouldn't yeah. know which bullets go in. Right. Which. So there was just a whole bunch of ammo on there and a whole bunch of guns. And she grabs a handgun and, like, starts jamming ammo into it. And it's not the right ammo. It's not the right ammo. She goes through, like, three or four different kinds before she finds the right one. Now, we never see that gun again. That's true. Which I don't like. Yeah, I. But I did like that they thought about. Okay, she's. It's see that's 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 what made this movie kind of frustrating, is so many decisions they made exactly right, and then so many when they missed when they missed the mark, it hurt more. Are like you talking it, about it the characters impact. or the or the filmmaker? The the writer director okay filmmaker like well I mean. Obviously, the writer of the characters. It's the same guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The Sometimes the character would make a dumb decision. And, okay. You know, that's the that's the writer. That's the writing. But, yeah. So, she loads the gun, and then we never, we never see it again. How? I don't think it necessarily applies to this film. But mm-hmm. this, I, I hadn't thought about this until just now. How would a, right, let's say I'm writing this film, and as a choice for the film i want the character to make a bad decision yeah how do i do that while communicating to the audience 
this person is making a poor decision. This is not me doing something wrong. I want to show that this person is doing something wrong. You, I think you have to frame it so that the bad decision doesn't look like a cop-out. Like, it doesn't seem like, oh, he, you wrote yourself into a corner and then, boom. You have to kind of... I think you have to sprinkle little bad decisions along the way. You, it has to be in character for that character to create, to make a bad decision. Um, you can't just be like, oh, it's the heat of the moment, so this. Well, if it's if the decision is something that is counter to their survival instincts, then that's bad writing. But if they make something that's counter to their survival instincts... But you've shown that they make bad decision after bad decision, just in little ways, beforehand. Then that's consistent with the character. I'm following you. I just, nothing that I'd fleshed out. It was just as we were discussing this, you were talking about making bad decisions. And I was trying to figure out whose bad decision it was. Yeah. I mean, like, I keep going back to that, like, going down the the ladder into the well or whatever. To me... The only purpose that served the character in the movie is to show a bunch of bodies. And that was it. Like, the director couldn't find a better way to get a bunch of bodies on screen. So if she had said one word, if she had said Ben before she went in the well, you'd be happy? Yeah, that's all it took. That's all it would take. Okay. I'll give him that note. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Minuscule thing. Mm-hmm. Don't even know if you're going to remember this. Okay. They're in the car at one point. Are they smoking a hand-rolled cigarette or marijuana? Three of them are in the car. I, re- I remember in the second movie what looked like a joint. But in the first movie, I don't remember. Well, here, Here's what it reminded me of. So years ago, this makes me feel old when I say this out loud. Okay. We were at McDonald's. Because McDonald's is so and old. there were people smoking inside McDonald's. Okay. That makes me feel old. Yeah. And in hindsight, they were smoking hand-rolled cigarettes, but I'd seen marijuana on TV, mm-hmm. and I was convinced that's what it was. So yep. I came off of the playground and ran to tell my dad mm-hmm. that they were doing pot. Yeah. And he was like, no, they're not. I'm like, no, <laughs> I saw that. Trust me, that's what they're doing. It's like, no, they're not. Yes, they are. No, trust me, you'd be able to smell it if they were. And I'm like, I can smell it. <laughs> it that's what it is. I can smell it. And he's mm-hmm. saying, no, you'd be able to smell it. And I'm like, can't you smell it from here? And I'm I'm yeah. sure I'm smelling. I, I obviously you don't know what smell. I don't know what pot, smell what pot like. smells like. I was smelling tobacco smoke. It's funny that your dad <laughs> assumed that you did. <laughs> I don't think that he did. I no, think he... son, it smells like a head shop. You would, you would understand. <laughs> so, sorry, that was just a totally random thing that brought me back to that. Every time I see a hand-rolled cigarette, I go back to McDonald's. Uh, when I was, I don't know, three, four, something, five, before school, uh, I, I had a babysitter, and her husband rolled his own cigarettes. And my mom was a smoker, and like this intrigued me. Um, he had like a big can full of tobacco. He had filters. He would roll them by hand and then smoke them. 
Um, so I told my mom this, and she just assumed that he was smoking pot in front of their kid, <laughs> her kid. So I stopped going to that babysitter. So forever, so just just dropped him completely. Just one hundred percent. So how did you ever verify that it was hand rolling cigarettes and not marijuana? I I mean I I don't know for sure, but in my brain I remember that big coffee tin that this was not a nice house. If that was if as full of pot as I'm pretty sure it was full of tobacco, they were making some money. <laughs> okay. That's kind of awesome. So <laughs> at least your mom didn't turn him in or anything. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I mean she's not a narc. Yeah. No nobody likes narcs. No. Remember when I called nine one one on that lady with an elbow? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking narc. <laughs> The lady with an elbow. So yeah, um, it was. In, I like the story of the film. It was a nice little indie movie. Um, yeah, I would recommend it, but it it did feel like it dragged a bit. Obviously, it dragged a bit for you and with the character part, and dragged a bit me for the cat and mouse part. Yeah, but overall, we both felt like it dragged a bit. It's crazy how well received this movie seems like it was like this is like kind of a heralded movie which i'm i'm okay with like i'm glad any horror movie gets attention but i'm like of all the movies that you're gonna choose to hold up this is the big one that you see yeah um it surprises me a little i mean how fertile is the australian film industry uh, maybe that's, that's why it was heralded may, maybe, so much. Maybe, maybe everything that all the praises I'm seeing are from Australia, so I can't. I think this might be the first Australian movie I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of movies from other countries, and I don't remember an Australian movie. Netflix gets weirdly specific at times, mm-hmm. and they created like a whole sub genre, like a sub 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 genre. That, oh, they have that popped hundreds up, of them. And it showed up, it was like, your recommendations for Canadian horror films. And I'm like, why, who in the world is like, I want to specifically watch something Canadian. Not even a subgenre that's actually like a genre. Right. It's just geographical. It's, I want to, I want to watch a horror movie, but with, you know, niceties in it. <laughs> it's just nice it, people. It was bizarre. Incredibly bizarre. She's like, oh, sorry to stab you, eh? Um, so That was my Canadian accent. It was nice. Thanks. Um, I don't think we're going to watch this because I don't think, I don't know, maybe we will. I'll be quiet. I should have cut that. Stay tuned for maybe that thing that I was just maybe partially teasing. So we also watched Wolf Creek 2 in an awkward segue. You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> Sorry, what? So, awkward su- segue. We watched Wolf Creek Two. Mm-hmm. Um, you had said based on the cover last week, mm-hmm. and I quote: "This guy looks like Hillary Clinton." Period. No, that's dot, what dot, you dot. said. So, we had discussed this, and I took it upon Not myself. Approve that poll quote. I. I took it upon myself mm-hmm. with the help of uh, someone who has a degree in specialized education okay. uh, for 
special needs folks mm-hmm. um, who's done extensive work in hospitals and schools uh, with Great. autistic children, Asperger's children. I think I have that. Uh, I think you might too. Um, <laughs> so I did some work with uh, her. I mm-hmm. think you might know who I'm talking about. I have no idea. Uh, it's my wife. Oh, okay. So, That's a surprise. <laughs> so uh, we came up with a little bit of an Asperger's test for you. Oh, my gosh. So give uh, we're going to pause for just a second. We'll be back, and we're going to get set up, and Justin is going to take the Asperger's test that I made for him. Yay. Okay. I'm now mobile. I've got... Uh, I don't have a pop filter on it now. No, and... You gotta, you gotta watch your cone. I'm sorry, I'm trying. Uh, so, we've got this set up. It's a twelve question. That's a lot test. of questions. Okay. It's more questions than the quiz from the first episode. So you had said that you can't tell who people are. I mean, I can't. You can't recognize faces. Sometimes, yes, I we, have trouble. We are going to test this. Okay. Twelve. You need to be quick with these answers. Okay. These are twelve. Of the most recognizable people in the world. Should in just, the United States. Should I just say them out loud? Uh, you're going to say them, and then I need you to just make... You can write it super quick so that we can reference what your answers are later. Okay. Okay? So the first one, Justin, you can see right here. Who's this individual? That is Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. All right. Number two. That's a really small picture, but I'm pretty sure it's Dustin Hoffman. Okay. sure about that that is not dustin hoffman that is a really small picture okay who is that justin wow that is a bad picture of jackie chan okay so jackie chan is number two that wasn't a face one that was just i don't know the angle was bad okay i'm gonna blame the blame the test failing pretty bad already all right number three danny trejo danny trejo Number three. Individual number four. (laughs) That is a better picture of Jackie Chan. Okay. So Justin says number four is Jackie Chan. Number five. That is an older picture or newer picture of Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson is Justin's answer for number five. We're going to be posting these on the Facebook page. Okay. So everybody can see the test and the pictures that you're taking and the names that you're ascribing to these individuals, okay? I mean, we should probably stick with Dustin Hoffman for the first one, even though that is a really bad picture. Here you go. Next one. Samuel L. Jackson again. Samuel L. Jackson is Justin's answer. That's what you're sticking with? Yeah, I feel like this might just end up with me looking racist when you change the picture. Next picture, Justin. (laughs) Jackie Chan. Justin's answer is Jackie Chan. You're totally going to switch these on Facebook, aren't you? (laughs) I've just ruined your bit because it just turns out you're an asshole. That's your whole bit. Next photo. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson is Justin's answer. Number nine. Jackie Chan. He's going with Jackie Chan again? Next photo. You're really you're this is really good. You're really playing into it. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. He says Samuel L. Jackson again. Next photo. And welcome back, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo is Justin's answer for number eleven. Remember, folks, you can play at home and look at the photos that Justin's looking. Yeah, I'm sure they're the photos Facebook that I'm looking page. at. And the final picture. 
Again, Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, all right. Bookending this quiz. Let's let's look and see. Justin, we're going to go through, and I'm going to give you your score immediately, okay? Okay. I'm not one to be able to judge to see exactly what this means. Mm-hmm. I have to send that to the lab, and we'll okay. wait for results later. Okay. But for now, your first answer for number one was? Samuel L. Jackson. You got that correct. Good job. So Thank that's you. one. All right. Number two, your answer was? I mean, I, at first I said Dustin Hoffman. Okay. But then I I guess I got closer to the screen and said Jackie Chan. Okay. So, so number two is Jackie Chan. Good job. Good job. It still looks like Dustin Hoffman. Number is that weird? Three. I think that's weird. Who'd you say for number three? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Correct. So you're three for three. Good job, Justin. I thought I was failing after two. That's uh, what you said when we were playing this live. I don't remember. All right, number four. What was your answer? Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. The correct answer is Jet Li. I'm sorry, Justin. That's this is great. This is one incorrect. What was your next one? Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Justin, the correct answer is Denzel Washington. Yep. I'm so sorry uh, that you missed that one. What's your next one there, Justin? What number are we on? Uh, we are going to number six. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Let's see what we got here. The correct answer is Martin Lawrence. Uh, you were not close. Yep. I, why would you think that Martin Lawrence looked like Samuel L. Jackson, Justin? Uh, I think it's the glasses. Is the that glasses. What it is? They kind of look similar. Yeah. Well, it's the glasses. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's our next one? We're going, I, I don't recognize the face. I have to go work, off of hairstyle go- and facial accoutrement. Mm-hmm. So how are their facial features the same, Justin? It's not facial features. It's their hair. It's hair. What's different about their hair? I mean, he has very little of it. Oh, okay. It looked bald in the lighting. Mm-hmm. And then the the glasses. Oh, okay, let's Samuel move on Jackson to number seven. See how you do for number seven. What's your uh, seven was Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Let's see what we got here. We have Grant Imahara oh. of Mythbusters. Mythbusters fam. You, I love Grant Imahara. You were not correct on that one either. That's odd. Number eight, Justin. He was, he was he did battle bouts. What was your answer for number eight? Samuel L. Jackson. So you said Samuel L. Jackson yet again. It's so and great how oh, you're keeping a straight face through all of this. Is Michael Jordan. It is Michael Jordan. That is Michael Jordan. I have Michael Jordan's rookie card. Oh. Or is it Samuel L. Jackson's rookie card? It's uh it's it's Michael Jordan's baseball rookie card. Oh, okay. What's uh what do you got for number nine there, Justin? Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Correct answer is Stephen Wen from The Walking Dead. Nice. This isn't looking good for you. No. Uh, it's, gla- it's the glasses it's again. It's the glasses again. They look like Samuel L. Jackson. Number 10. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Correct answer is Will Smith. Yep. I'm so sorry for you. See, that looked like a Samuel L. Jackson tie. And the final answer. 11. So there's two more. Okay, I want to do 12 next. Not really. Go ahead. Number 11. Number 11 was Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. And the correct answer is John Leguizamo. Oh, okay. He was the pest. He was the pest. He was also Luigi. Yes, he was. You mean Luigi Mario. Luigi Mario. Not Mario Mario. Not Mario Mario. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace. Let's try the final one. The final one was Samuel L. Jackson. He bookended. Samuel L. Jackson. And in reality, unfortunately, you said Samuel L. Jackson... We were really looking at Morgan Freeman. Mm. So we're going to wait for those results for the test. Yeah. But I feel like it's not going to go well for you, Justin. I, I, You're just supposed to be the impartial test giver. You're not. 
That's that's not your. I'm role. trained now, so I have some idea. Oh. All right, now that we got that underway. You forgot to plug your mic back in. I forgot to plug my mic back in, and I was convinced that I was hearing myself. Yep. But I wasn't because it wasn't plugged in. We almost had to put another uh, another bumper on this one. <laughs> Just because <laughs> you could only hear you talking? Yeah. After the dumb Asperger's quiz, John, uh, uh, Brussel forgot to put in his... Uh, I almost said my own name there. And you called me Brussel. I'm just, <laughs> Do you, I'm so taken aback by that quiz. So, <laughs> I totally have Asperger's. So, the uh, I realized today too that uh, one of our episodes, I think it was episode three, when we had the technical problems. Yeah, I think it's like the the probably the two times only that we've messed with any of the audio stuff. Yeah, or referenced because it. we were still learning it, and we made jokes about it. Like at one point, I messed with it. I tried to do an effect, but it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like anything happened because yeah. we were recording on the laptop. But in our ears, it sounded cool. And you were like, it, "The audio sounds terrible. It sounds like this." And you put your mouth right up to the mic, but the mic that was recording was three feet away from you, sitting at the table. So yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Wolf Creek Two. Wolf Creek Two. What'd you think? So they did the thing at the beginning of the movie where it's, oh, we took the villain from the last movie and now he's an anti-hero. So you're kind of rooting for him because, yes, he went way overboard, but, you know, those cops were being pricks. Yes. So it's like, oh, this is going to be a movie starring the villain from the last movie as mm-hmm. the anti-hero of this movie. And then it's not that at all. You don't think so? He, how, he's not the anti-hero at all. He, they make him more quippy, and then, but he still kills, uh, he keeps going back to killing non-Australian people for uh, it, only the reason that they're not Australian. Anti-hero is probably the wrong word, but it definitely becomes like the Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street thing where you're rooting for the villain. Not necessarily because they're an anti-hero, but because that's why you're showing up is to see what he's going to do to people. Well, A, I haven't seen those movies. Because you, but you, but I think they're they're embedded enough in there. the they're embedded enough in the culture. I think you you have an idea of what they are. Right, and B, I was rooting for him until after the title card, mm-hmm. and then he no longer was worth rooting for. He went from being oh you know you don't want to mess with him. He's a, a real badass, and oh they're just huge dicks being huge dicks. Yeah. So you know they deserve to get murdered. I guess. But then after that, it was, no, he's just, he's the bully. You know what? And bullying is not okay. No, but it's entertaining. Like, the absolute highlight of this movie for me was just watching him and the British guy sit and banter back and forth as he was messing with him as he was tied to that chair. Right, but to me, I was 100% rooting for the British guy. He, He made that fun, and it was his... His, you know, starting telling the limericks and and singing the Australian songs and everything, that's like, oh, you know, he's he's vamping. He's he's about. He feels like he's gonna about to die, and he this is his last opportunity. He's just gonna throw something out there, and just then he keeps running with it because it's working. So you're telling me the 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 interesting character from this movie that you're gonna remember is the British guy. I'm not going to say he's the memorable one. He's the guy I was rooting for. 
I wasn't rooting for Mick at all past the once he okay. hit the title card. All right, I think that's the, so. The point that I was trying to make is that's the that's the reason that I'm watching is for Mick, whether I'm rooting against him or not. I don't, I don't know if I do have a, a anything at stake there because especially this film, like the characters are kind of disposable. I mean, you're with him for over half the movie. Yeah, but but even then, and I think this might be to the film's credit. At any point, he could get killed, and there could be somebody else showing up to take his spot. Right, but I feel like he had a lot more personality than the Hitchhikers. Like, he had... He was the only counter to mixed personality in this entire movie. Yes. Why did he leave the girl in the in the sleeping bag? I think he couldn't look at her anymore. That's why he broke out the window, because he couldn't look at her blood or anything. Like, he just drove through the entire night next to a dead body. Yeah. That's pretty traumatic. I think he just couldn't take it anymore. That's what I got out of it. I couldn't put it together at all. Like, I was thinking he was trying to cover it up, make a run for it or something, and I couldn't put it together at all. To me, like, if he had found help at that moment, he would have told them what happened, told them where the body was, and... And everything. Like, I feel like he was still trying to do the right thing, but just physically could not sit next to that body anymore. No, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. Uh, you referenced that Mick was way more quippy in this, and he is, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Yeah. Like, at the beginning, he says, that'll do pig yeah. to the cop. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Also, almost everybody in this movie gets knifed in the back, head on a stick. Yes, which I think makes sense in the fact that if this person was really doing it, he would find the thing that works for him and keep doing it. Right, but it doesn't make for interesting film. No. Like, that's how he takes out all of his his, his people that he's killing. No, but he while he's doing it, he says it's drier than a nun's nasty, <laughs> which is enjoyable. Sure. To me, like, I don't know if there's a Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek 3... But it's like you've, like in the first one, in the first movie, you had characters that were interesting that you spent the whole time with, and then you had this psychopath, and he was kind of having fun with it. It was, he really made the movie, he was interesting on screen, end of movie, now you go to make a second one. I feel like you've already jumped the shark when, before the the title card, you've already jumped the shark. You've you you. There's no turning back. No, there's definitely no turning back. I don't know if it's jumping the shark or if that's just what it's going to be. Because jumping the shark, I think, has negative connotations. But I feel like Wolf Creek. I feel like once you get to know Mick more, I guess, or see him involved, that's where the entertainment comes from. And I guess that that is the slasher genre, right? You. You make a movie with a bad guy, and then it does really well, so then you center the rest of the movies around the bad guy. Yes, because everybody else is disposable. You go to see Jason. You don't go to see who he's going to kill. Right. Um, There is not a Wolf Creek 3, but your head's going to explode. Yes. There is a TV show. What? There is a Wolf Creek TV show. Starring the the dude? I, I assume so. I don't know any more details other than there's a TV show. It's on a, kind of a hard-to-get station, but they're going to be releasing the DVD and stuff. Um, mm. I think it's getting a season two, um, and the writer-director is the showrunner for it. So cool. of, of all the movies you would 
think would end up with a TV show. This is seems like an odd one. Yeah, um, but again, it's 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 it did well in its market. So I mean, that totally makes sense. The fact that it even registers over here, I think, shows how well it did over there, or can show. Yeah, and does. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know details, but it's just it's it's crazy to think that something like that has enough legs that. It's got a TV show now. Yeah. Um, so the middle of this movie was just a bunch of different car chases. Like, to me, it felt like Mad Max without all the spectacle. There's a movie in a remake called The Hitcher, mm-hmm. which it's it's essentially that. Yeah. So guy gets a hitchhiker, hitchhiker tries to kill him, spends the whole movie chasing him down. Yeah. That's the entire film. And that's fine very, if that's what the film it was is. Very, it was very reminiscent of that during that middle portion. It didn't feel like what the, I don't know, what the film should be. It didn't, like, it, that wasn't what the first film was at all. Like, 100%. And it just feel, it felt like, I don't know, I think it went to show, like, the first movie felt like an indie film. Like, you told me that it was funded by the Australian government through a lottery. I believe so. And... Like, it felt like a passion project. And then the second one, I don't want to say it felt purely like a cash-in, but it felt a lot more, wrote like, more Hollywoodized, like, more spectacle. It definitely was, and I think the director would agree with you. So there was a, don't quote me on the time frame, but there was a sizable amount of time between where I think he did a movie or two movies and tried to get other things off the ground, and everybody was like, what about this Wolf Creek thing? What about this Wolf Creek thing? Mm-hmm. And I think he finally succumbed to the fact, like, all right, I'm the Wolf Creek guy, let me do number two. Let me do the TV show, which you can't blame him for. No. Um, you know, he can toil away and not get anything done that he wants to, uh, or he can get something done. Yeah. Um, it does seem like there's almost three movies here being, or four, if you do like that. So there's the original Wolf Creek thing. Mm-hmm. There is the car chase thing. Right. There is the sit and torture chamber thing, mm-hmm. and then there is like the haunted house thing towards the end, which it was like they threw he threw everything in there right. that he could. So you've got the jump scare from the lady that's almost a zombie, like she's very zombie like, even yeah. though she's really like, alive. She was almost as bad as the uh, the sloth villain from Seven. Yes. Which is still, yes. I think, one of the creepiest images ever put to film. Yeah. Um, there's the there's a like a creepy toy that lands on the ground and starts mm-hmm. playing things. And then there's pits, there's things hanging from the ceiling and it just seems like everything thrown in there. So it's just right. like individually, it seems like those are four different movies, but they're all wrapped into one. Right. Um, the other thing that I noticed throughout the film and it, it didn't, I didn't like it is the musical choices. So it crossed the line to where the film was making the joke. Instead of having Mick make all the jokes, the film was at almost making the joke when they did the uh, the song when the kangaroos are getting hit yeah, from but... Lion King. And then uh, the, the classical music playing when the old people got shot. Yeah, I, I, I have to say the uh, playing uh, Lion Sleeps Tonight which is not from The Lion King. Oh, no, it's uh, from uh, Ace Ventura 2. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's from. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's from. Uh, I liked that. 
I did not like the kangaroo bit and the fact that it was set to that um, was annoying. The whole kangaroo bit was, I think, just dumb and bad and more, hey, we have a bigger budget, so let's put more spectacle into this. Um, but just as chase music, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I, I agree with that. But then once they started literally putting yeah. animals into it. Yeah is when it made the joke about it. Yeah. Did we have the, the Swingers conversation on mic? I don't think that was on mic. Okay, so Swingers mm-hmm. has an amazing scene that I know, listening to the commentary, John Favreau wrestled with a little bit. Right. And it's not even a scene, it's a shot. Mm-hmm. And that is the guys all form a line and slowly walk into frame, and then it's the Reservoir Dogs shot. Right. After they were just talking about Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And he debated for a long time about this because... He's crossing a boundary to where the people on screen are not making a joke. The yeah. film is making a joke. Correct. That can work in Swingers, which is an indie comedy movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think that works in this, which is a horror movie, might have comedic elements. But if we're still supposed to take this guy as a threat seriously in the film seriously, yeah. we need the film to take itself seriously. And also, it lost that by doing that. Also, it's in the jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. And then there are kangaroos getting splatted. It actually doesn't have anything to do with one another. Not it's dr- just wacky music it, it, for it, kangaroos it, to get hit by a semi, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I could have lived without that for sure. Yeah. But the, then the, the, the classical music at the end was just the worst. It was so overt. Like, instead of trying to be so... Like, movies do all that all the time like we were, we just talked last week and I credited Rob Zombie with doing a ton of that where he's putting you know this old 70s music yeah uh, on top of horrific things mm-hmm. and I'm patting him on the back for it right this is different yeah uh, and I have a hard time quantifying the difference because it's going for the same thing the difference is in my brain and I almost said it out loud but I definitely shouted really like as soon as <laughs> as soon as the first few notes hit and it was just, it just was out of place. And But how do we quantify that? How do we justify the fact that we're being pro one and anti another? I don't know. It's, it's your, what your brain and your body feels. It's, it's art. You, there is objectiveness and there isn't objectiveness kind of at the same time. Objectivity, objectiveness. Objectivity. I don't know. But if we're in agreement, it's got to be the truth. Yeah. The other little thing that really bothered me is there was an explosion that the guy jumped away from. Yeah. When it but happened. It was a cool ass explosion. And I did like that. The fact that he just drove his semi off a cliff at him. Oh, Mick is badass. There's no yeah. two ways about it. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, he will kill cops. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit. No. But, and this is my biggest complaint about the movie, what the fuck is up with that ending? Why does he let him go? There's no reason in the world for him to let him go. I don't know about this either. So in my head, maybe maybe there's a different version out there or not. I swear in Wolf Creek, to my memory, everybody dies and it's just over. And then mm-hmm. the whole point is... How in the world can they say that this is based on true events when nobody lived and was ever found? Right. 
Because it wasn't really. I mean, it was basically just people get killed in Australia sometimes. Yeah. And then they took the liberties from there. But, I mean, yes, he says that if he finishes his quiz, then he'll let him go. But he then immediately says, yeah, I'll let you go from here and go over there. Yeah. and we So don't, I don't think that we as an audience are supposed to think that that was why he let him no, go. we never would think that Mick was going to keep his word right. about anything. And it's more against his character to let him go than it would be to keep him. Right. So, like, <laughs> and he, it happens in the dumbest way in that he's just sitting there choking him over this, like, Vietnam made trap pit thing choking the life out of him monologuing and then cut to he's out and he's like cut up and everything and the last word of the monologue is written on a piece of paper yes it's terrible both of these films would have been so much better if he just would have killed the protagonist yeah. And that's how it ended. Like, nope. Sometimes you just don't get it, make it out alive. I mean, it would have been an anticlimax, but that anticlimax would have been more satisfying. I mean, Mick's still out there. That's the way the. the you know what? That's not even how it ended. Those two ended With the Mick. right way, which yeah. is Mick just walking away. Right. That's how it should end. Prior to that, he should win. Yeah. I guess he wins in the second one, I guess. And sort I just, of. In the first one, I just assumed he didn't care about Ben. Like, he just didn't care, and so him getting away was meaningless to him. But this one, like, he monologues to, he, he, this is his, like, as far as we've seen, the most cat and mouse game that we've ever seen him play on screen. Yes. And he just lets him go. Well, I think he was playing with him, too. Like, he could have killed him a whole bunch of times. Sure. Like, in fact, it kind of ticked me off the amount of times he didn't kill him. Like, after he drives the semi off, he's just standing there with his rifle at his side. Because you know he can, he can make that shot. I mean, he, in, in the first two movies, makes crazy shots. He's a marksman. That's well, it, what we know about him. Yep. And just leaves the rifle at his side. But because he was messing with him. Like, that was a decision Mick was making because he knew he'd catch up to him later. So I can buy that, but I agree the filmmaking part of it is as far as like the endings for both of them. They sh- he should have just killed them both. Yeah. And then it would have been over. Um, I'll watch the TV show once it comes out on Blu-ray. Like sure. I'm entertained enough by him that, uh, that that's definitely the thing that would keep me going is to see more Mick. Yeah. I, uh, he's definitely an interesting character and him being a true protagonist would kind of be interesting even though like a you know i think put him more in like a crazy outback dexter kind of role Uh uh-huh i i would watch that yeah i think that's probably where it's geared i think it kind of has to yeah so uh you got any other points to make wolf creek or wolf creek 2 justin which would you prefer um i liked the indie darlingness of wolf creek so that's my vote I liked the witty time that we spent with Mick, so I will say two. All right. All right. Next week yes. uh, is our 
uh, we are going to be prepping for Horrorhound again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first... Which, by the way, Mick will be at Horrorhound. We'll, Mick will be. We will get to meet him. Um, so the first film isn't necessarily Horrorhound, but it needs to be a double bill with what the second one is. So the first film... All right. Ooh, another Rob Zombie film, The Lords of Salem. And it's got like a weird face paint zombie chick with a weird symbol on her front. Ooh, and it's lenticular. This is a fancy copy. Fancy. You go all out. All right, so what are you going to see in that movie? Lords of Salem tells me witches. Uh, She's dressed up. It's weird that it's Salem, but she's dressed up a little like voodoo-y kind of southern Louisiana type of witch. So some sort of witchcraft, like... You know, American Horror Story season three-ish? I couldn't do American Horror Story at all. I even tried based on you saying that you liked it. Yeah. I tried. I made it like, because I made it for the first season. Mm-hmm. Second season, the first time I made it like two or three episodes in. I think I made it like four or five episodes in and I just yeah. stopped. Can't you don't do like, it. I mean, the first season's bad. If you don't like the second season, you're not uh, going to like the show. Oh, I can't do it. This last season, ugh, just the worst. I couldn't do it. The absolute I'm not going to try worst. anymore. I'm not going to try anymore. Second film, uh, this is relevant to Horror Hound. Oh, this is a Rob Zombie double bill. 31, Death is the Only Escape. Lots of people in this one. We've got a weird Joker-looking guy. Um, Looks like an old lady. Some girl with green hair. Uh, a little person with knives and suspenders and like an aviator cap. And in the front, we've got some eye candy. So, typical Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. Okay. So, what are <laughs> what are you gonna see? Uh, thirty one gives me nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is where you're. <laughs> there's there's a little person with knives, and it looks like there are a bunch of knives on here, swords or something, and there's a car. So, I think that's a cross. So, I'm going to say some sort of drive-by murder service. Okay. Um, don't like spoil. Meals on Wheels, but instead of Meals for the Elderly, they bring death. I like it. The uh, Not going to spoil too much, but the reason we're watching this mm-hmm. is Doomhead is going to be there. Doomhead? Doomhead is it's the character. That's not his real name in real life. Oh, okay. And in the film, his character's name is Doomhead. Is, is that the character's Christian name? Yes. Okay. Uh, he's going to be there, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why we're watching this film. Great. Is to me Doomhead. Is he on the cover? You don't have to point him out, but is he on the cover? I don't remember. Good. Solid. Great job. 